Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. Well, I'm super, super excited about our guest this week. We have the beautiful Kate Northrup. As an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, and mother, Kate Northrup has built a multimedia digital empire that reaches hundreds of thousands globally. Kate is committed to supporting ambitious women to light up the world without burning themselves out in the process. Kate teaches data-driven and soul-driven time and energy management practices that result in saving time, making more money, and experiencing less stress. Kate has a membership of over 1,000 entrepreneurs called Origin Collective. That's about infusing more feminine energy into your business and reclaiming your time. And she has also helped over 5,000 students heal their relationship with money with her signature Money Love course. Her first book, Money, A Love Story, has been published in five languages and her second book, Do Less, a revolutionary approach to time and energy management for busy mums. Kate's work has been featured on the Today Show, Women's Health, Glamour, Wanderlust, Huffington Post, and the list goes on. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I am super excited about our guest. We have the beautiful Kate Northrup. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's very uh, exciting for me. As soon as I, I was saying to Kate before we got on the show, I was so excited when your name came up. So uh, I know it's going to be a doozy today. So the way that we always love to start the show is we always love to uh, ask our woman of inspiration her unique story. So Kate, tell us what inspired you to do what you do today? Well, it was getting pregnant with my first daughter and experiencing a level of exhaustion that I had never experienced before. Um, and even to this day, you know, I have two small children now, I, I still like have never felt as tired as I did during that time. And it was a reckoning moment for me because I realized the degree to which my identity had been based on being capable and being you know, kind of the woman with energy who can do all the things and never needs to take a rest. And then the birth of my first um, was really rocky 
and I struggled with postpartum insomnia, postpartum anxiety, um, mastitis. She didn't sleep. She had severe, severe eczema and sometimes would wake up every 10, 10 minutes for in the first year of her life screaming. And it was just, it was not a fun year. So during all of that, my entire relationship with productivity shifted because I was moving really into survival mode. And it was the first time in my life that I you know, that another being was depending on me and my well-being for her survival. And so all my priorities shifted. And what was wild is I would have assumed that during that time I was working um, significantly less than I'd ever worked before. I only had 10 hours of childcare a week during those first nine months of her life. Um, and yet my husband and I sat down and looked at our numbers one year into parenthood and realized that we had made the same amount of revenue working significantly less than half the amount any previous year. And so I thought, well, that's crazy. <laughs> and maybe we don't have to have a year where we're just trying to get through the day in order to really pare it down and simplify to the essentials. Maybe we could actually take a look at what we did because we were forced to, and maybe we could do it on purpose. And so that's really where the do less philosophy came from. And I have been practicing it, studying it, researching and teaching it ever since. I love it. So what's the trick? Because I know I've heard about the Pareto rule, which I know that a lot of us spend 80% working and only get 20% of the result. And what the Pareto rule is, is about using 20% of your time to get 80% of the results. So what's your trick? What exactly do you do? So I love the Pareto's principle for sure. I certainly apply that and I recommend everybody does that as well. But um, the additional piece that I added in, I mean, there's many of them, but one of the ones that's been the most powerful and certainly that I get the feedback is the most mind blowing and helpful is uh, cyclical, tra cyclical tracking and cyclical planning. So for people who have periods, that would be around your menstrual cycle. And for people who don't have periods, we still have cyclical predictable, energetic ebbs and flows. Now, we live in a culture that is hyper-identified with doing, with outward results that we can see, with progress, with growth, with taking action, you know, kicking butt, taking names, that whole thing. However, there's this whole other kind of energy that is equally productive, but just different. And it's more introspective, it's more process oriented, it's more community oriented, um, it is more reflective and cyclical as opposed to linear. Now, what I began to track my own cyclical energy in concert with my period and also with the moon, because the moon has these same four phases as the menstrual cycle and these same four phases are the same energetically as the four seasons. So we all, we are all already know what, what this energy is. And we go through them actually every day to some degree, but also certainly every month. And so traditional time management 
and traditional business structures and, and, and work structures would have us believe that the best way to be is better than yesterday, right? So we should be the same. We should do the same thing every day and ideally do more of it than the day before. But that is actually not how people with periods experience time. And I'm saying people with periods because there are some people who identify as female who have periods, and then there are some who don't. So if you're listening to me and you're like, why are you talking that way? That is why. Um, and so it's just really important to know that there's cyclical energy and there's linear energy. And our culture is hyper identified with linear energy. And we need to get more in touch with the cyclical so we can give ourselves more space and permission around rest, reflection, and more inward times so that we can be more productive in the outward times, but with less friction. Wow. That's going to um, uh, bring out quite a, a few questions um, that's on yeah. my mind at the moment. So, for example, for those that don't have menstrual cycles, are we to follow the moon? This cycle? is a great question. Yeah, I love this question. So so I'm going to say yes and no, and it depends. <laughs> so what I mean by that is, for example, most of the time that I've been working on this body of work, I've either been pregnant or nursing and have actually ironically not had a period. Um, and so it is really important to know that we have energetic ebbs and flows that might be more pronounced hormonally when we have periods, but they're more subtle when we don't. And that's actually kind of a cool opportunity to just get to know ourselves better. Now, if a woman is past menopause, she actually has the same levels of these specific hormones, follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone um, that she would have had at, at ovulation, but postmenopausally, she has those same levels the, for the rest of her life. And so that's really cool, good news um, about getting older. I always love good news about getting older because I, I think our, you know, our culture is incredibly ageist and we need work on that. But um, so we have a lot to look forward to and Many women who are postmenopause share with me that they find that their connection with the moon has gotten even stronger. So they do notice that they're more low energy, more intuitive around the new moon, and that around the full moon, they're more high energy, more social, more open to and receptive to um, cross-pollination, collaboration, partnership. And, and so they do notice that. And so just, just tracking their own energetic levels, um, throughout the, throughout the month, they are beginning, they begin to see patterns in themselves that align often with the moon, but some people find that they don't, and they just have this, their own energetic ebb and flow. And it's really just the listening and the tracking and the honoring through, you know, a simple journaling practice, um, is how I started to do it. And then it developed into something more. Right. So cuz I'm I'm thinking about myself and I'm I'm past I'm I'm at past that that stage uh, of my life and I'm thinking from an energy perspective if I if I was to really tap into my own energy I reckon it's all over the place. So I'm just I, I and I am going to track the moon because that's really interesting. I've never um diarized my energy level. So therefore I wouldn't know what the ebbs and flows are. So what about the waxing and waning moon? 
Yeah. So the the um, so there's you know there's four major lunar phases, and they actually mimic the seasons. And so the new moon is similar energetically to the winter time. The waxing uh, quarter moon, or you know the half moon, it's, it's technically a quarter moon because we can't see half the moon. So anyway. <laughs> But that's sort of more technical than necessary. So the waxing moon is the energy of springtime, of new beginnings, and and sort of an initiation planning energy. And the full moon is the similar energy to summertime, really that full bloom kind of peak, um, peak visibility, sort of peak libido, peak um, peak fertility energy, but more energetic, you know, more metaphorical fertility. And then the waning moon is like the energy of autumn. So it's a turning within, it's a completion energy, it's a letting go energy. Um, and so so those are the energetic signatures of the lunar energy throughout the month. And the more you begin to pay attention and the more you begin to align certain activities with those phases of the moon, for me and for the women I work with, no matter what age, there's this great sense of dependability uh, if you are, if you identify as a, an ambitious woman, an achievement-oriented woman, you may have a, also a tendency to be controlling. <laughs> I, at least I know I can be that way. And what I found, especially this year, there's been so much that feels out of our control and so much that's so vastly different than it's ever been before. It's so deeply calming to have something that we can rely on, whether it's the cycles of our body or the cycles of the moon to know that we can depend on this waxing and waning energy and to know that there's nothing wrong with us if we need a day of rest and that inevitably just like the sun sets and we know it's going to rise in the morning we know that if we can really be in trust to fully embrace the rest period then when it's time to emerge out of that rest period we can also fully trust and embrace that energy so we spend a lot of time trying to skip the phase we're in instead of embracing the phase and the season we're in. And I think we we could save so much time and energy and grief, honestly, if we would embrace the season we're in rather than trying to skip to the next one. Okay, this is, this to me, it's uh, relating to a conversation I had the other day about how, I mean, in these interesting times, um, we have um and, and i don't know about you but being in front of a computer literally every day um is i find a lot more tiresome so i'm used to be out and about in front of groups talking and running workshops and so it's 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 quite draining so the energy levels have definitely shifted um mm. but it's interesting how we push through when we are tired instead of listening to our body and go, you know what, I'm gonna go, I might go and have a nap, which I don't because I feel guilty of having a nap. That is exactly what we should be doing. Yeah. 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 A little bit of rest goes a very long way. Because yeah. what ends up happening is with the nap, you know, just the, the nap analogy, I love it. If you, if you take like a 20 minute nap or my version of that is I just lie on the floor of my office. I'm not a daytime sleeper. If I sleep during the day, I get very confused, <laughs> but like a, you know, just like a rest. Then what ends up happening is when you get back at it, you get the thing done so much more effectively and so much more quickly than if you just continue to push through. And what happens uh, when we start to look at our, um, our brains and how our brains function, it's really fascinating at about minute 52, 
on average, this is what the data shows, in a, you know, if you started to work at minute one of an hour, at about minute 52 is when our brain kind of starts to crap out on its ability to focus. And we will, it will start to distract itself to create a little stimulus. And so what you'll find is you can either intentionally take a break and, you know, go get some water, get outside, get your feet on the ground, you know, lay down on the floor, whatever you need to do, stretch. Or what will end up happening is unconsciously, you'll start messing around with, you know, shopping online or picking up your phone and scrolling in or in Instagram or just doing any sort of behavior that's really not productive and not a great use of your time. So your brain is looking for a break and you can either give it a, an effective break. It's kind of the equivalent of giving your, you know, eating junk food when you're hungry or eating something nutritious. You can have a junk food break or you can have a real break. And if you have a real break, you actually come back at it so much stronger. Wow. So how so what would be the trick knowing this is there is there something that we can do or are you saying take that break every 1 minute and 52 seconds or is there something that we can do to no, keep not focused? No, 1 minute and 52 seconds. Sorry, every 52 minutes. Oh, 52 minutes. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, that would be so impractical. <laughs> I know. When you said 1 minute and 52, I was like, "Wow. That's no, no. No, every 52 minutes. So if you had, you know, it would be sort of like 52 minutes of work, eight, eight minutes of break, or, you know, 45 minutes of work, 15 minutes of break somewhere in there. So you are, you are giving yourself nutritious, you know, nutrient dense break time. So this is really good because this is giving us tips on how to uh, uh, give ourselves back time. Um, rather than trying to push through. Because I know that sometimes when I try to push through, I feel like I'm just staring at the computer because I've just gone brain dead. Um, but it's the it's like take the break and then come back, refreshed, and uh, then you can get into it with a different level of concentration. Yeah, and just a practical example of that, you know, so there's so many different ways we can look at that. One, it's, you know, these micro breaks, right? So on a micro level. And then you can go on more on a macro level. So let's say during the month, you have a week where you're just lower energy. And most of us will have one week during the month where our energy is just kind of low. My recommendation is to work less that week, give yourself the rest. And then when you are in your higher energy week, you will actually have more creativity than you would have if you were trying to essentially override your body's brakes by pushing on the gas. So my recommendation is be either fully on the brake or fully on the gas because when we ride both at the same time, you really fry your, you know, your transmission, like you fry all the gears and eventually we do get burnout and will you get physical symptoms and we think like oh the more we do the better work i will produce but actually when we are overworking the quality of our work begins to suffer because we're not making really smart decisions we're not being innovative um, things begin to get really sort of shallow from a, from a from a production perspective and and we're not really be able to make that impact that we want to have Mm. So, Kate, I'm curious because you were talking about when you had your first daughter, how you found out like within the space of 12 months time that you actually worked less hours but made just as much money. So what does a day in a life with Kate look like um, or even a week in a, in a life with Kate? 
That's a great question. So I'm always tinkering with my schedule because I'm an optimizer. But right now, <laughs> I'll just tell you, I sort of rework like a new ideal schedule seasonally. Um, I live in a very seasonal place in the state of Maine in the United States. So there's sort of like an energetic ebb and flow that happens seasonally. My kids have different needs seasonally, you know, whatever. So right now um, we are in the season of autumn where I live a fall. And so it's kind of this back to school energy and it's the, it's the sign of Virgo, which is really organized and about streamlining and order. And so right now um, I work so I, I block out my schedule. I work usually eight to four um, during the week. However, with the with the caveat that I block out my schedule until about noon. So eight to noon, sometimes I'll throw a workout in there. I often do a workout actually at my office rather than at my house because I find it's helpful if I just sort of like leave the house because my kids are so young that I just need the distraction free time. So I'll often throw, you know, a workout in sometime between eight and 12. Um, and then I will only take appointments between 12 and four on Friday mornings. I spend until noon with the kids and then I do 12 to five working. Um, and then my husband and I go out for a date night. So I sort of just like go right from office into, into work rather than I was trying to do what I've noticed is one of my recent most favorite do less strategies is minimizing transitions. So if I can just leave the house one time a day, rather than coming back and forth for different needs, I find that really minimizes friction. Um, so that's kind of what I'm working, how I'm working right now. I really, really limit um, outside appointments. So at this point, I mostly only will take outside appointments on Wednesdays. Um, and that's kind of how I work things. Mm -hmm. um, moving into the fall, I, I also have Tuesdays that are a completely appointment-free day. So no one can schedule anything with me on a Tuesday. It's my creativity day. It's my day to be in flow. It's my day to not talk to anybody. Um, and that makes a huge, huge difference for me. Oh, I love it. And you mentioned the uh, Virgo. So you also follow the energy of astrology, uh, depending on what month we're in. Is that correct? I do a little bit. You know, I, I love, I'm just fascinated by different systems that help us understand ourselves better and help us to really lean on our strengths. And so, you know, astrology obviously has been <laughs> practiced for thousands of years. Um, and what I love is I, I, I'm um, a regular follower of the moon. Um, you know, my, my whole planner system is, is based on cyclical tracking with the moon or the menstrual cycle, or just your own sort of energetic ebbs and flows. But I love looking at um, what sign a new moon is in and what sign the full moon is in and just sort of seeing what the flavor of that that moon is especially in my chart or especially just sort of for the world in general so you know at a new moon in virgo in particular for example it's like a time of of setting intentions and new beginnings around order and streamlining and simplicity and virgo rules health so you know also our bodies and routines and kind of cleaning it up in that way. So I love just having all that little extra information to guide what I'm focusing on at any time. I also find the world pretty overwhelming. There's a lot to think about at any given time. So following astrology and following the moon and following my own cycle 
it helps keep me focused on like, okay, this is important right now because if everything's important all the time, nothing's important. And so it just helps me to prioritize what to focus on at any given time. Mm, I, uh, myself, I've been studying astrology for um, over three years on and off. Uh, I've come back to it because it got, I think I started in my 20s and it was really uh, complex um, at that time. I think it was too young to really get into it, but now I'm just loving it. And very yeah. interesting times for, you know, um, when you look at 2020, that's uh yeah, mind blowing with what's uh, taking place. Seriously, yeah. I know it's amazing. Mm, I know. So you, you were talking about um, strategies. So are there uh, other strategies that you focus on when you really focus on doing less? Yeah. So one of the things that I continue to practice getting better at, and I just really want to say that this is a work in progress. <laughs> I. I am always, you know, it's kind of like an airplane is never flying at due course on exactly like it's always slightly off and then course correcting and slightly off and then course correcting. So that's me when it comes to doing less. Left to my own devices, I'm an Enneagram 7. I don't know if you know about the Enneagram, but the Enneagram 7 is the enthusiast. Like, so left to my own devices, I say yes to everything. However, I find that when I say yes to everything, I really end up regretting it. And so one of my most favorite practices that I'm just leaning into a lot right now is saying no to most things so that when I say a yes, I can really give it my full attention. And really this practice of pruning, I think a lot in in gardening analogies, even though I'm actually not a gardener, but it's just so helpful, you know, to think about, um, I, I almost always have petunias on my front porch in the summertime and Uh, Every few days I go out there and I deadhead the petunias and I just take off the dead ones so that the new growth can come through. And every time I do it, I just think about, you know, my business and my life. Like what, what, what do I need to take off my plate? What dead, what, you know, bud needs to be deadheaded so that a new blossom can come forth. Um, Because if you don't deadhead your petunias, the whole plant dies, right? Mm -hmm. So I think about that in my life and my business a lot, always thinking about what can I say no to? What can I remove from my plate? Um, What can I do less of? What can I stop doing? Because most of us assume that if we want to be more successful, we need to do more, but actually the secret to success mostly is doing less. And do you have um, people around or even other uh, contractors that you outsource to or delegate some of your work as a way to help you from a time perspective? I'm a huge believer in (laughs) asking for support, getting support. Um, I think many entrepreneurs wait too long. Um, I certainly did. You know, I thought, oh, I can't afford to have anybody helping me. But it was it's it's more like if you if you can't afford support in your business, it may be because you've waited too long to get support. You know, it's a bit of a chicken and the egg sort of thing. So I would recommend getting help as soon as possible. We have a team of, um, we have one full-time person, one almost full-time person, and then several part-time contractors. And so, um, we have, we have an awesome, awesome team of women who support the vision of the company and it's such a joy. And I'm always learning to be a better leader, always learning to be more clear in my communication, always learning to, you know, receive more support, um, to free up my time for the highest and best use. 
Mm, I love it. And so with your, because you were talking about Enneagram, I'm also a seven. Uh, with, oh, nice. Yeah, I am. And it's, it's, it's um, I, I have lots of squirrel moments because I, I call them squirrel moments, very yeah. you know, big on vision. And my stretch was a one. So it's about really, I know my default position is not about detail, but I, I, I can do it. It just takes a lot more time, energy and power. And the way that I recharge is number five. So I go, in, I call it my man cave where I need to create some boundaries. And that's where I do a lot oh, of my writing. Mm. Cool. So do you do your Enneagram with the rest of your team to work with their superpowers or is it uh, just something that you do for yourself? You know what? I haven't, but I should. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, we do the love languages. Um, oh. And I also know everybody's Myers-Briggs and I know many of our team's human design. Um, and most of their ast- astrological signs, but I totally need to know their Enneagram. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I love that. So talk us through the, the love languages. Oh, so the five love languages, very fun. You can just Google um, and take the quiz for free. But the five love languages is a really fascinating, um, this is in particular, I learned about it for my marriage, but it's been really helpful in our team too. Um, to learn how different people, you, like we each have a receptor site for receiving love that's different. And so oftentimes we will give love in the way that we prefer to receive love. And so what, what ends up happening is if you're giving love in a way that you prefer to receive love and somebody else doesn't have that preferred receptor site, then they won't actually feel appreciated or loved. And so in our, the, the love languages are, um, affection, physical affection, words of affirmation, gifts, quality time, and acts of service. So obviously, you know, physical affection, not super relevant in a virtual work environment and even in an in-person work environment, not appropriate. However, people have a primary and a secondary. And so if I know that one of our team members, uh, love languages is words of affirmation, then I'm going to really make sure that I amp up and, and praise her for when, for just for her deliverables. Like, oh, wow, thank you so much. You did such a great, here's what I love about it, whatever. If somebody else is um, quality time, I'm going to really make sure that, you know, I check in with them and just like have a face to, you know, have a one-on-one. If it's acts of service, um, you know, Maybe it's just making sure, just checking in, seeing like, is there something that I could do to streamline their work experience a little bit more? And then gifts, of course, is obvious. So that's some of the ways that we think about that in our team. And certainly there's areas for improvement there, but um, but it is fun to, to know. And it's in the past, uh, most of our team has been words of affirmation. So it's incredibly easy to fulfill. <laughs> That's beautiful. So you, they have to just take an assessment. Um, for our listeners, if they want to know what love language they are or if they want to, because we do have a lot of women in business and entrepreneurs, if they yeah. want to know what their teams are, it's just a matter of taking an assessment. Um, and I love that because it's um, then you're actually speaking, like you said, the language of the individual and stepping out of yours yeah. because we, I think our default position is to pe- speak in our own language, correct? It, it's absolutely yeah. our default language. And this comes up in partnership a lot where it's like, I wish, you know, I wish my husband would, you know, follow through on the projects he said he was going to do, or I wish that this, that, and the other thing, but you know, your husband might be a physical affection person. So he thinks that by, you know, giving you a back rub and a foot rub, like he's showering you with love, but you're not really receiving it. And so it can really help in couples as well to just get on the same page and, and prioritize your partner's love language. Um, in your giving of love to them. 
Mm, love it, love it. So the other question that we love to ask our woman of inspiration, Kate, is pain points. We believe we all have pain points. What would be a pain point or some pain points of yours, uh, whether it's in business or life, and how do you work through your solutions? Yes, well, ironically, <laughs> say my pain point is I really, I again, default setting is I have a tendency to do too much. And so I teach what I need to learn a hundred percent. And the, the strategies that I teach are, I learn them to mitigate my own issues. And so, um, pain points, uh, would be, for example, over scheduling, saying yes to too many things, uh, being overly enthusiastic, um, and realizing that, you know, my eyes have been bigger than my schedule. And so the way I talked about my ideal schedule, the reason I do that is because I have to pre-block time and pre-block my ideal schedule so that I see that ahead of time. And when I go to schedule something, I see that it does not fit within the, the well-boundaried schedule that I did while that I created while I was fully present with myself, while I was fully in touch with my dreams and goals and desires, you know, so that it's not impacted by somebody else's what they want. And so that's been huge. Um, my next hire will be an executive assistant who helps me to hold those boundaries in my schedule a little bit better even. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but that, I would say that's, that's one of the, one of the pain points, um, is just getting excited and um and doing too many things and so my whole philosophy is is just to mitigate that tendency and it turns out i am not the only one who is like this oh no i'm relating to it and i'm sure a lot of our listeners will relate to it and i agree you know we teach what we must learn i always yeah. think that and i think it, it's very important is there anything from a time perspective because we were talking about um, you know, these interesting times and uh, the memes that are going around about, you know, probably the worst uh, investment you could make in 2020 was to purchase a planner. So talk us through in these times, which are different times, how does one, because uh, I mean, I know some businesses have really pivoted and, you know, have gotten really, really busy, busy with their time and others have way too much time. So what would be something that Although for our listeners that they could focus on if, if not planning. Mm. Yeah. So I love that. So I think that the traditional ways of planning, which is like planning really far out and having, you know, having a set in stone plan, like for example, last time, last year at this time, I was planning out a 12 month curriculum for my membership origin. And we planned out the curriculum. It was super beautiful. Um, this year, we are about to open our doors again. Um, and we decided not to plan a 12 month curriculum. We plan, we decided to plan only three months out because we're living in a time where things are changing quickly. And we're realizing that, um, things are less certain than we ever could have imagined. They've always been that way, but now it's just more apparent. And so I really love to focus in on micro planning. So having, you know, your ideal week and sticking with sticking close, to, closely to that, of course, it's never going to be perfect. Um, but sticking closely to that thinking quarterly, you know, instead of annually, I think that the five year plan at this point is probably dead. Um, so really just thinking in smaller bite sized chunks around our planning, which helps us to calm our nervous system 
and feel like we have a handle on things without getting us into the trouble of thinking too far out in advance where we've done all this work and now it was for nothing because we have to totally pivot. So I'm really into micro planning right now. Oh, I love it. And that's really moving away from doing into more being, isn't it? Yes. Which is really important because you were talking about it's it's about being present in the moment. Uh, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, um, and especially number sevens, we do tend to think ahead of time and go and really sort of in the vision and, and um, whatever that may be, uh, where we're not being present. And I know just the other day I was talking to a friend who uh, is not working and um, and she said, you know, I, I've always been so, so busy. And I said, but isn't it interesting for the last, I don't know how many years, everyone's been saying, God, I don't have time, we're too busy, and now we've got the time. And it's that, so what do we do with it? And so I, I was curious. I said, what do you do? And she's like, we go for walks every day, been listening to ebooks and podcasts. I said, isn't it amazing that you are nurturing yourself? But it's foreign for a lot of us if we've not had it before. Yeah. Well, you know, and I also will say, so as somebody with young kids, I totally have had way less time. <laughs> so there's also those folks, right? I mean, I think it's so beautiful that, that, you know, I, I was watching people on Instagram, like taking up crochet and like learning to roller skate, doing all these cool things. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. But I've had to, and many of the women I work with have had to lean into the do less strategies even more because now they're like distance learning and trying to work from home and also, you know, no childcare and also all those things. And so, um, if you've got the time, please, 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 oh my gosh, please rest, right? Um, please rest, please like go within, listen, listen to, listen to sort of like those inner workings, because I think that we're all here at this time for a reason to be part of our transition, to be part of some sort of collective evolution. And, and I think through the stillness, um, however much of it you can find, even if it's only three minutes through that stillness, the, it, it will come through more clearly. And we really do need to um, separate ourselves from this whole toxic capitalism idea that the, that our worth is in doing and earning and producing constantly. And like that, honestly, that's killing our planet and it's killing us. So I'm just so with you around like investing in, in self-care and self-nurturance and really reconnecting to the earth. Mm, I agree. And I think it's been a calling for us to go within, like you, you were saying, I mean, we, we've just gone from doing, 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 and now I think it, we need to go within for, uh, not just for ourselves, but for the planet to heal. And, uh, and yeah. once again, that's another thing that we've been really focusing on is healing the planet. And now it's, it's so many beautiful stories are coming out from all over the world. Um, you I know, know. It's, it's, yeah, it's quite amazing. There's, it's it, cool. it, it's it's there is always a silver lining or bright spots in everything that we experience if we choose to look for them. It's so true. I'm so with you on that. Mm. So, Kate, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Wow, <laughs> what a great question. I think my one word that describes my brand would be spaciousness. Oh, spaciousness. We've not had that one. I like that. And 
that I think that 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 really resonates with who you are and what you've been talking about space you know giving yourself the yeah. space the time exactly mm. last question we always love to ask our woman of inspiration is what are three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today so this could be three practical exercises for our audience okay so number one is track your cyclical energy, whether it is just through a simple journaling practice, um, you know, one of my planners, just whatever you find, track your cyclical energy on a daily basis. Ask yourself, what phase of my cycle am I in? If that applies, what phase is the moon in? Um, and how did I feel like physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually? Um, what did I work on? How did that go? You know, really just like check in with yourself very quickly. You're going to get an amazing amount of incredible data to then make some great decisions in your life. So that would be number one. Um, number two is to apply Pareto's principle, the 80, 20 rule, like really take a look and assess what are the 20% of things that get me 80% of the results and how can I eliminate more of the 80% of things that only get me 20% of the results. And then finally, say no to more things. Oh, that's a good one. And I know that one's a, um, and our listeners are probably going to cringe just like me. I find that really hard to do, to say no. <laughs> yeah, just say no. So, so you can say a big yes. Sorry, Kate. Oh, just say no so you can say a bigger yes. Yes, absolutely. So you're saying yes to yourself. So with the first one, is there something, so apart from your beautiful book that our listeners can uh, uh, grab, tracking this cycle uh, daily, is there, it's, is there anything specifically like, can they download anything or is there anything, I know it's in the book, but is there anything for them to actually track or they can just get a calendar and track it for themselves? Like how, what would be the best process? Well, you can get started. I actually have a free download over at katenorthrop.com forward slash list where you can just really get started with that track, track ugh, with that cyclical tracking and awareness. Um, there are also some wonderful apps out there for tracking your cycle um, and also for lunar tracking. Um, I'm not aligned with any of them specifically, but I, I have about six of them on my phone, <laughs> you know, that I just check in with. So just, just take a look in the app store too. There are some really, really wonderful ones in there. Thank you so very much. And where's the best place for our listeners to find you, Kate? KateNorthrop.com is a great place. And then also on Instagram at Kate Northrup. We'll have all of that in the show notes. Kate, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And it's been such an interesting conversation about time. I don't think we've had, we've unpacked time in this way. So thank you so much for your time, your energy and your wealth of uh, wisdom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. 
where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.